Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Another episode of the Shift with CJ podcast. Today's podcast is special. Why? Because we have someone else in the biohacking studio. But before I introduce you to this person, I would like to share a small story. So for years, when I first started reading about health, nutrition, getting into the whole space of biohacking, I was going through libraries, reading so many books, and I thought that was the end all be all. I have to self-educate myself. But I now think that that whole approach came with a little bit of ego. What I then did was go on a different path. I started like how imagine these ancient times, times of a tribe, times of ancient communities where a person if they have a question or they want to understand something, they would go to the most experienced person of the village or the tribe because chances are that person has gone through the same situation as them and can help them bypass all the mistakes that that person went through. So on this show, I have a commitment to every one of you that I'm going to bring you leaders from all around the world in every walk of life to make your life journey easier. And to do it this time, I didn't have to go halfway throughout the world. My life became a little bit easy because I found someone from the UAE. My guest on the show today has held multiple titles. He has multiple hats. Um, you know, his bio is so incredible that I can have a, I am having a really hard time remembering all these things, but let's give it a shot. Let's see how much my memory can do. My guest on the show today is an Emirati business leader. He's an author. He's founder of companies. He's been in so many things like investment management, IT, name it. He's also the founder of Citizen School, Social Gym. He's a public speaker and a man multiple hats. Dr. Adil Alzaruni, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thank I appreciate you. you being here and joining us. Thank you on behalf of me and all the listeners of the Shift with CJ podcast. Now, tell me something. When I normally talk to people, whether it's like, you know, these engineers who are trying to solve a problem or the scientists, all of them started solving a problem or being excelling at what they are because, you know, they had some sort of a background problem or they saw something that they couldn't fix. But you have achieved such heights in entrepreneurship and management. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur or how, what's your backstory? How did you get into all of this? Um. I, I think I've always been enticed by the things that I don't know. So when I'm faced with something I don't understand or I don't know, it it, it triggers curiosity within me. Mm -hmm. And it becomes the next thing I'd like to know. And 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 if you are you know an individual that is driven by curiosity all the time, you 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 just don't like to do the same thing again and again. You'd always want to do the go for the next challenge. So, so it's. I, I think it is in in me, and uh, and yes, there are people that are made for this, and 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 I don't necessarily call it the right thing to do. If you are designed or made for this, and that gets you excited, waking up in the morning, then then yeah, that, and it does to me. I wake up excited in the morning, and I, as long as I wake up excited in the morning, then I feel I feel that that I'm doing good. 
otherwise I, I, I make changes. Okay, that is that is very good. Thank you for that. And I picked up on something really interesting that you said that you wake up in the morning and are excited. And I I have spoken to a few people and I've, I'm 31 years old, so I've just met a few people in my life. But I've realized that not a lot of people would wake up and be excited. Most of the times people are talking about some chores to do or how hard is going to be at work or what kind of challenges are always around. But this whole perspective of waking up excited, did it come to you always? Or is this something that you learned to uh, like cultivate as you were like transitioning through what you are right now? Uh, let me uh, address this question from two angles. Sure. The first angle is people that know uh, their purpose in life or identify a purpose that they call a purpose for their life are the exception. Mm -hmm. I would claim more than 95, 90, even 96% live a life, their whole life, without feeling that they have identified their true purpose in life. So let, let, let that be clear statistically mm -hmm. so that it, uh, people don't feel bad about it. You, you understand? You walk around and it's like you find somebody super excited or even at times you're at a school and then you see this guy that oh, you know he's going to graduate, uh, you know, you become the next great doctor or engineer because you see it so early in their life. But that is the exception. That's not the... Um, uh, statistically the, the, the number but then if you want to be part of the 4 or 5% that actually find that purpose in their life and it's like driven waking up in the morning thinking, feeling excited about what they do is there a way to be part of that 5% and I think one way one way of doing this is that you have to experiment a lot in your life yeah. I, I, call it, I call it the right to be lost you need to have a period of your life where you actually continuously get yourself lost. It doesn't feel nice and it, and it takes you far away from your uh, style of, uh, even from the style of education at, at schools. As, you know, a school's failure is, is, is not, they teach you not to, they teach you that failure is a bad thing. They will never, they did never teach you that if you need to explore and try to find a something that it ties you, you might fall into a lot of mistakes. Uh, I'll give you the great, you know, one great mistake uh, is when Christopher Columbus, he, he was heading to India and he got lost and he landed in Americas today. This is why they, you know, when he landed and he saw those people, he thought they were Indians and he called them red, red Indians. And this is, this still stays yeah. the case. So, so unless you are lost at many times, you won't find places where others that are not lost would find. You understand me? Yeah. So, so that is, uh, you know, from, from the perspective of, of, of one side uh, uh, on, on getting to wake up excited or not the second thing is once you get into trying to measure quality of life mm -hmm. 
you realize that a lot of concepts that people live, most people live with today, that they would define quality of life under are a bit not well structured. So for example, we've always been taught that success, succeeding in what you do, getting the next promotion, uh, success is happiness. Many people would consider concepts like the importance of time. So if you are totally utilizing your time and you are efficient in that, then you should feel happy. Many link happiness with wealth, with kids, with love, with, and it's always in the future. So happiness is always linked to something in the future, it's never today. And that's unfortunately is one way of how society have designed itself. And it trickles down to a lot of aspects of life, like for example, schooling, like for example, uh, you know, work, workplace, relationships, and so on. But if we really dig down, down into, like, dig deep into these different social concepts mm -hmm. that are only common among humans, by the way. Yeah. Okay, other creatures don't comprehend these things. They don't comprehend time the way we comprehend it. They don't comprehend success, happiness, love, any of these concepts the way we comprehend it as humans. But if you dig down to the basic feelings that are the steady state of mental well-being, you'd notice that there are more common concepts that could be easily or easier achieved, and they will present themselves now rather than in the future. Concepts of peace, concept of feeling excited, those are basic hormones mm -hmm. that run on a steady state of your mental status. And, um, and if you dig deep inside these, you'd realize that what you really, really want to do is be able to gauge your quality of life on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And one trigger on how would you gauge that is, are you sleeping in peace? I guess the biggest one. Okay. And do you wake up feeling excited about what you want to do in that day? Yeah. Probably many other uh, variables that we gauge our quality of life on today are very hard to gauge. Mm. And they are always in the future and they are always in the unknown. Yes, it is probably very hard to always stick to like the current time being, start gauging on daily basis your quality of life. But the more you can gauge and the more nights, peaceful nights and exciting days you have on average, could be a measure, a realistic measure on is your life quality enhancing in time or not. So basic variables mm -hmm. that could impact your excitement and and therefore your your activities and, and the things you aspire to do uh, on daily basis. Well, that was, thank you for going in that deep with us because I guess if everyone who's listening, if it's safe to do so, please do take notes. You can rewind the episode again. And if you're driving, please don't do that. 
But yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And you know, there were so many things that were jumping into my mind as and when you were introducing these new, I mean, I wouldn't call it ideologies, but like perspective of thinking. For example, when you're talking about this whole concept of time, I know a lot of people, and I've been guilty about this for the longest period of time, that, you know, we, or generally there's- All of us have. Yeah, generally there's a norm that, okay, you know what, time's running out and, you know, you don't have enough time for this or that, you have to choose. But when you look at like very ancient communities, and one that I can think of right now is like how the Greeks approach time. So in our thinking, we just, time is one variable and it's stick, uh, like stuck to just one thing. But in ancient Greece, they have, they have two types of times. They have chronos, which is the time that we refer to as time. And then there's cryos, which is this eternal time that doesn't end. And, you know, one is linked to 24 hours and one is linked for a lifetime. And, you know, when you think about putting it down on paper, like, okay, there's 24 hours and I have to achieve this, this, and this, there's some sort of, and I guess very balanced people can, can figure not to go towards like more anxiety or more like hyper, uh, hyperactivity around certain tasks. But it's difficult because most of the people look at the clock and they say, oh, I haven't achieved this. And this also goes back into what you were saying before that, you know, you either the definition of something is either you pass or you failed. You go to school, you're either you pass or you fail. Yeah, right? There's always triggers in the future. Yes. Yeah. So you're looking if at... I pass the school, I should be happy. If I pass college, if I should be happy. If I get a good job, I should be happy. If I get married, I should be happy. If I get kids, I should be happy. It's always I should be. I should be. And it's always in the future. And it's... I think also it's... We broadly identify it in two categories, whether it's pass or fail, won or lost. But yeah. there is another, and I want to know your opinion on this. There is another category that modern education or, you know, the education that we had hasn't completely realized till now, which is the category in the middle of passing and failing, which is learning. Because you could either pass or fail, and these are two statements, whether you did it or not. But there's also a very big category of learning because, well, if you were trying to get your best at something, but maybe you failed, but okay, does someone congratulate you now? Or do people have to look at themselves this way that, okay, I tried my best, I failed, but in the process, what did I learn? What did I learn that can take me to another level next time when I give it a shot? So, so basically uh, the problem with all of this, again, you see the current education system at large was designed uh, at the uh, industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. You realize that within the last two uh, centuries, the human population has moved from or grown from 2 billion to 8 billion. So in, in our species of humans, the Homo sapiens, we existed around 300,000 years. Only in the last 200, we have moved from 2 billion to 8 billion. Uh, that's predominantly due to vaccinations. Mm. This is just a statement to, yeah. to the ones that don't believe in vaccinations. <laughs> now, that dictates everything that we live within today, inclusive of economic structures, social structures, geopolitics, everything. The fact that we are growing so fast. Now... 
we needed a lot of doctors, engineers, people that are able to serve that usually growing population. And accordingly, there was this education system that functions like a factory, mm -hmm. produces in mass. Yeah. It is. It was necessary and continues to be necessary. But the but you need to realize one thing is that we are going to stagnate within less than 50 years as a population start decaying. So studies say at 9.3 billion, we should stagnate. Now, once population starts shrinking, everything will start changing again. Because stock markets, social const constructs, workforce was all driven by that the next generation is in bigger population than the existing career. So who will pay your pension program? It's the next generation. Mm -hmm. And for, for economy to grow and them to pay my pension and grow their own pension, they need to be more than we are. Take that formula out. Mm -hmm. They are not going to grow in population. What will happen to stock markets, jobs, social, economic, politics? Because countries will want to continue to grow in their in their uh, population. They'll have to steal it from other countries, so on and so forth. So, so once that becomes the reality of, 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 of economies, is the current education system designed for that kind of a future? Whereby in 10 years, as per World Economic Forum reports, 40% of graduates will have to be entrepreneurs. It's survival. It's not a nice thing. It's just not a badge you'll carry that yeah. you are an entrepreneur. 40% of them will not get jobs. They'll have to make their own food. Understand me? 60% of jobs then are unknown. So even the ones that will get jobs, 60% of them will fall into jobs that haven't yet been created. We don't know of. So is the education system designed for that kind of a, a very nearby reality? Uh, I don't think it is. Mm -hmm. And I fully understand because, you know, like if you are an industrialist, like you got into manufacturing, you understand that to shut down a manufacturing line is a very hectic exercise and takes time and costs money. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is always easier to like introduce small, mm -hmm. small enhancements rather than rebuilding the line, okay? And it's a huge engine, global engine. To to, to change it will take time, and and I fully understand that. Yeah, uh, most of the parents that I have uh, at the school, their kids mostly, most of them are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Why is because they comprehend that they need something different, and that that is something that would probably, hopefully, graduate entrepreneurs at the end of the day that can grow economic output or an unsocial output anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so I, I believe that, you know, when it comes to education, when it comes to being ready for a, a very different future, uh, the whole mindset attending to making mistakes needs to change because today schools punish for making mistakes 
if you fail on this exam, you are not a good student. It used to be worse when we were in school. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you would be hit if you if you don't achieve. Uh, nowadays, hitting is not allowed. Yeah. And nowadays, this was normal. What? They don't hit kids now? What? Yeah. What's what went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the the funny part. But basically, the education system is not designed to create people that can that will explore to find problems or opportunities and try and produce something at the end of the day that will add to themselves economically and to society and humanity in general. It is not designed to do this. It is designed to create people that are great employees, that don't make mistakes. Factory workers, like. No, great employees. Okay. And there's nothing, yeah. don't misunderstand me, there's nothing really wrong in that. Mm -hmm. But is it the need of the day? That's my, my statement. So taking, going back to re realizing that most of them are not going to get jobs mm -hmm. 10 years from now. Why are you designing employees if they are not going to get jobs? You understand me? So here where you want to design people where that are explorers, you do realize 10% of companies, new companies, only 10% survive the first three years. So failure rate is 90%. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, some statistics will be might say up to 30% success rates, depending on the structures like with Venture Studios, for example, they have better, statistically better success rates. Mm -hmm. But you're still talking about 70 to 90% mm -hmm. of companies will fail within the first three years. So failure, the more you fail, the closer you get to success, statistically. Mm -hmm. if, you are, if you design people that understand that that kind of statistics, which is hard to comprehend. Would you, would you, would you mm. in your current state of mind, accept that you might need, might fail in nine companies before you get your success? And I'm trying to start one and it yeah, already is a big deal for me. But yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine the yeah. way you are. Um, yeah, Mo most people, most people will try once. Yeah. They will fail. And many things, by the way, in life. Yeah. Okay. Like setting up a company, investing in something, mm -hmm. getting into a relationship. Yeah. Okay. They will try it once. And statistics say they have a 10% chance of success. Mm -hmm. That's a small percentage. Yeah. They will fail yeah. and they will never do it again. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is probably, uh, I'm not sure about how accurate is this number. But they say up to 85% of deposits in banks uh -huh. are never invested in anything. And I would claim that mostly because a lot of these people tried an investment and they failed. And then they're just afraid. And they're just like, you know, it's not for me. I don't understand this thing. Yeah. You understand me? Yes. And you know what? I don't want to look stupid mm -hmm. or feel stupid or others laugh at me. You understand me? So That's, I'd rather be safe. They'd rather be safe than sorry or be laughed at. Mm -hmm. And that is an outcome of how we designed ourselves through society structure and the education system. You understand me? If we are able to realize that failure is part of success, it's part of the process. It's very similar to uh, you know you needing to create a company. You have to create a team, get some funding, do your research, and you'll have to fail a few times. Mm 
for you to get to one good formula that can become a success. We are not designed to do, to do that. And it's very hard to get into that state of mind. Mm -hmm. This is what I think we can make a bit easier by educating the mass about the reality mm -hmm. of how this is done through education system, through content, through seminars, through getting them into comprehending these statistics. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, my feeling in here. I'm saying statistically, this yeah. is how it works. You understand me? So failure is part of success statistically. Mm -hmm. I always say the sooner you fail, the sooner you'll get to the, a formula that works. Mm -hmm. So being strict about the process of failure, meaning I give an idea or a, a, a venture a, a, a specific period of time mm -hmm. to prove success or I kill it. Mm -hmm. And I go to the next idea and can be driven from the first idea, like mm -hmm. lessons learned. Yeah? yeah. And then I go for the next idea mm -hmm. or I can work on two, three ideas at the same time. Mm -hmm. Statistically speaking, you need to work towards that one to three companies out of 10 will succeed. Mm -hmm. So you have to you know, optimize your spend of time and energy and resources. Probably at many times work on few ideas at the same time, qualify them. Mm -hmm. Whatever qualifies great, otherwise you kill and move on. And, and not see that that is a failure. That's just part of success. And that does that mean you're not also always so emotionally attached to the outcome or because... From the way yeah, you're saying it, yeah, I think it's all about the process. And I also am a big believer in this, that, you know, instead of looking at your outcome goals, like, you know, which is way in the future, if you make sure that given what you have, whether it's education, whether it's finances, whether it's expertise, if you look at the process every day and you make sure that you give it your best every day at, the, at that point, that process in itself in a long period of time will turn into an outcome. Yes, I've realized that, uh, you know, sticking to a process helps. Mm -hmm. You are never going to get used to lo losing. Mm -hmm. The question is, uh, you know, accepting. Uh, actually, it's, it's also not, not natural. You worked on something for so long mm -hmm. and then it doesn't work. You have to get emotional about yeah. it. Question is, do you stand and then move? Mm -hmm. Or do you become part of the 85% that never invest again? Mm -hmm. Or never do start a, a new thing again. You understand me? It reminds yeah. me of this um, old movie. Um, what was the name of the movie? It was Rocky. Have you seen those Rocky set of movies with Sylvester Stallone? Yeah. So there, there is some quote inside that you know you fall, you fall like sometimes, and then it's it just depends on how fast you stand up and you move on again, which is situated yeah. to a boxing match. There's also a very old Japanese saying that says fall seven, rise eight. And this again brings us to this idea of this grit where you will every day, you know, be working towards something. And most of the times, or sometimes you will, with your statistics, most of the times there's a likely chance that you will fail. Yes, but sure. how fast do you look at that glitch and turn it around and go back up? Which yes, is probably I, the key. Actually, you need to design it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's even harder. Now we are going to venture into trying things. You need to design it so that your resources are optimized in you trying things. So when I assign a team, I assign them to always work on three or four companies at a time. Mm -hmm. So the caliber that I have around me are people that can do that. 
and they uh, stick to a process and you know, it's never really per uh, they are not machines and the yeah. market is not machines mm-hmm. you need to be flexible here and there but but they are uh, at least acquainted with the concept of we give it all of our best mm-hmm. we understand that few of them will fall apart as time goes by we'll put others in it so that statistically we we might end up with three successes out of 10 if we do that that's above the average mm-hmm. yeah okay that- and and the more you train people and the more you become optimized uh, and the sooner they get educated and I, and this is why i have my school uh, with with venture studios in the school i have two venture studios in the mm-hmm. school uh, reason why is i'm i don't need teachers i, I need mentors mm-hmm. okay so i need to train them so that they can train the next entrepreneurs uh, or what i prefer to call entrepreneurial teens mm-hmm. i am less fan uh, of a fan of super entrepreneurs or yeah. or super enter uh, the superman entrepreneur or the superwoman entrepreneur i'm more keen on the the entrepreneurial team the super mm-hmm. entrepreneurial team because this whole concept of look at that guy i want to be like him i think is unfair mm-hmm. now, why should that individual or what they refer to as role models what's you know why should that be my role model they have had their own specific contexts they had their own advantages disadvantages mm-hmm. their own opportunities uh, they had a, a very different life than mine why their why should their limitations be my limitations mm-hmm. you understand me so i am more about getting teams that complement each other and are able to satisfy the needs of a process of creating ventures and companies uh, what i refer to as economic organizations that have social contributions and what's the secret or like the secret recipe or the sauce to building great teams because we know that sometimes uh, it's yeah. not always it, t- it takes three in my in my unqualified experience <laughs> I see that it takes almost on average yeah. three shuffles of a team to get the good mix. Uh-huh. Yeah. Problem problem is if you exceed the three you must probably fail. Okay. Yeah, because you run out of time and energy and resources and money and all. So you you have to shuffle people. Up until you land onto a team that is so complementary, they understand each other, they are doers, they like this. It's, it's like meant for them mm-hmm. they they enjoy it they wake up wake up excited doing it mm-hmm. and and the rest you you need to let go of and when you let go of people i mean i i don't see it as a disadvantage or like a bad thing that guy is not good or that girl is not fitted it's just not for them mm-hmm. okay it's you know you, life is very short and it has a lot to do with you know your desires and choices in life and and i don't see it see any of this is is to be the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do it's really mm-hmm. perspective it's really what mm-hmm. what helps you sleep in peace and wake up excited and what do you think is why are why are some of these people not able to get along with each other whether it is you mentioned some of them like purpose um, working on the same thing being excited so does purpose and like having this goal oriented mindset because 
most of the people who are working towards the same goal all the time, they can, is it right to say that they can always work together with each other? Or it makes it much easier. Makes it much easier, okay. Yes, it makes it much easier that they have similar perspectives in life. Mm -hmm. So they are long-term, they enjoy what they do and they want to you know, be really good at it. They like to learn. They are uh, pure in nature. They, their heart is pure mm -hmm. in nature. Uh, uh, ambitious. Ambition is a very good thing. Uh, but ambitious and loyal, trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Mix that. Good skills, ambition, loyalty. Uh, you get you get good good team. So these are the core values that you would look into a person when you're yeah, going yeah, around yeah. the team. Definitely, definitely. And why do you think now we're on the topic of goals and do you how many people do you think around the world because you're a statistics person how many people do you think around the world are not really goal oriented because when you look at you know the most i would say in my opinion the most successful people in the world they have goals and the most happiest people as well they're goal oriented but then you have like in the beginning of this podcast we were talking about purpose and you know how much of a purpose do you have every day to get up and do the same thing again and again and me being in the whole anti-aging thing i can tell you one thing that one of the variables that makes people live for long and you can see this all around the blue zones in different areas of the world where people are living naturally above 100 105 sanitarians super sanitarians one of the things is purpose all of them align on some kind of like a purpose or a passion and which drives them forward. There are many, many other factors, but purpose is one of the bigger ones. So what about goals? Why are people not having goals? Or do you see young people not having goals these days? Are they too distracted? Too much social media? Too many video games? Uh, I think the vast majority of people couldn't find the, their goal. Mm -hmm. They've been spoon-fed a goal. Mm -hmm. Now, regardless whether you are spoon-fed a goal or you identified a goal that helps you sleep mm -hmm. in peace and wake up excited, having a routine in life helps, uh, helps solve a lot of psychological and socio-economical issues. That's that is statistically proven. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that uh, so for example, the concept of uh, society rule, mm -hmm. the concept of being spiritual and and uh, so uh, you know following a, a specific um, religion mm -hmm. or a specific spiritual mm -hmm. guidance system have helped humanity tremendously uh, evolve as humans, yeah. as a species, uh, to play the role it's currently playing in, on Earth. Mm -hmm. Okay? So this is why I'm saying whether you have found a goal or you have been spoon-fed a goal mm -hmm. that caused you to fall within a, a, um, a routine that governs mm -hmm. the... The, the biggest part of your life mm -hmm. uh, is a good thing, okay? Not having goals whatsoever, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's rare. 
It's 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 not the most common thing. Mm-hmm. People are either born, I mean, do are either living with a goal they identified for themselves, or with a goal that they have been spoon-fed. And very interesting point about this whole thing about development of humanity and looking at this either spiritual or religious or some kind of a guidance. I think one of the most important things in that area of science where we look at is the science of hope. And I believe that personally, if you have accelerated at this area of having a better hope where you believe that you're future reality is going to be better than your current reality is going to it does change a lot of things it gives you a lot of you know things which might be finite in and i would love to talk to you about this as well might be finite in nature which is either the making enough right decisions or willpower but i with hope it's very um i, I will share a statistic actually uh, there's a key hormone mm-hmm. that is generated Predominantly by your gut, mm-hmm. the bacteria in your gut. 90% of it is produced in your gut. Serotonin? Serotonin. Yeah. Serotonin is the hormone of hope, mm-hmm. which it translates to gives you a positive perspective about the future. Mm-hmm. My main, I would say concern more, more so than desire, mm-hmm. is that you don't postpone Spawn things to the future. Mm-hmm. Like you attend to it now. Mm-hmm. Like trying to also equally, you know, fall in peace within today rather than only relying. Because the more that does not happen, mm-hmm. so you live years whereby you have not achieved some level of peace and you you are only tying your, yourself up to a future hope, uh, there where it becomes exhausting and mm-hmm. it depletes. Yeah depletes your 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 mind and your body gets used to uh, not achieving hope you understand mm-hmm. me yeah. and then it ignores that hormone mm-hmm. it's it's like uh, you, you hear about uh, the concept of uh, insulin resistance mm-hmm. and so this is driven by a lot of insulin being in your body and your cells not believing that insulin yeah, is yeah. Is actually triggering the right mm-hmm. triggers for food to come into your cells. Same goes with serotonin. Mm-hmm. If your body is, is, is continuously falls within it, and you and, and mentally you are not achieving peace uh, at some stage sooner or later, or bits and pieces of peace, then then it does not carry the same weight it has. Mm-hmm. I think there's also they call it the serotonin syndrome, where your neurotransmitters are flooding enough serotonin all the time. And mostly it happens after some plant medicine ceremonies and things like that, where your brain is just releasing abnormal amounts of serotonin. Yeah, yeah. And it takes some a while for people to come back. This is why people get addicted to to uh, to a lot of action. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get action, they get depressed. Like even with gaming. Yeah. Okay. Even with dangerous sports or mm-hmm. yes. uh, you know, love relations or yeah. whatever, yeah. They get to, they get a lot of that yeah. hormone coming out, and if they don't get as much, it, it gets it, addictive. It's saturated. Yeah, yeah. they go like they go depressed. Coffee, for example. Yeah, yeah, same. For example, coffee. Same, same. But also, like when you were speaking of this about this thing in the present or in the future, I think one of those things are that we have two different types of goals. One is a means goal, and one is an ends goal. 
a lot of the times, and for people who are listening, let me explain this. Means goal is something like, you know, most of, people, most of us would have, I want to have a nice car. I want to have a, a bigger house. I want to have X job. And that's your means to getting something. But most of the times, everyone's end goal is going to be the same, is going to be happiness, is going to be contentment, satisfaction, whether you're trying to bring in new something new to this world, whether it's, you know, it's just going to be one of these simple markers. But often I feel like we confuse our means goal with our ends goal. And with the ends goal, the good part is that you don't have to wait for it to happen in the future you have a chance every day and every most of us have this other chance as well, whether we can, in every moment we have a decision, whether we step forward into growth or back into safety, right? We're doing this all the time, small, small ch- micro challenges in life. And if you just believe, or you get to this mindset where you say, okay, my end goal is to be happy right now with whatever I have, you know, we're sitting in AC under some nice mics that we don't have to have holding on to there is a clamp on this yeah that's that's happiness you know where i'm talking with adil dr adil is talking to me we're talking with all of you in a very easy way we don't have to be in front of like thousands of people that's that's simple and simplicity can bring in happiness as well yes i i, I always translate it in this in this session what i hope to strive for is a mental state that is emotionless Hmm. So even if you put your mind in a state whereby you are not happy or sad, you are just in steady state peace, Mm -hmm. that is still a positive mental status. Mm -hmm. So I think it it becomes too much to, to ask for happiness because then define happiness. Yes, you get into a a a challenge, Mm -hmm. and and that alone is stress. You know, try to define happiness. That's a stressful thing because then you have to start like, thinking. Then start thinking. Uh, okay, uh, happiness is me having the right weight, with the right health, uh, the right salary level, with the right wife. And you start and comparing, like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, what is happiness? I think a stable mental state where it is emotionless. It's not triggered by a positive or a negative feeling. Mm-hmm. Is is, is uh, should be enough because it's a positive state by its own. If you don't have negative feelings now, mm-hmm. is that bad? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Even if I if there is no specific trigger that makes you feel like laughing and smiling and like you know cheerful, you'll still be fine with it. So being in the state of equanimity, where you know regardless of what is going on it doesn't if you can be centered and balanced and that's not... a positive state okay very if good if you ask me would i rather not have any positive feelings mm-hmm. but at the same time any negative feeling i'll go with i'll, I'll, I'll take it mm-hmm. because a stable mental status at peace is enough yeah, I think it's it's all about bringing it back to the center line. You don't have to go way above the center line. Yeah, because it's get addictive. It's always always positive feelings. For uh, at many instances, positive feeling is always followed by a negative feeling. If you meet mm-hmm. somebody you love, you feel mm-hmm. very happy. But when they leave, yeah, you feel sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have achieved a goal, 
you feel happy. But then you start thinking about the next goal, you feel sad. Mm -hmm. If you, it's, it's always like that. You get addicted because you want that hormone to mm -hmm. get injected in your mm -hmm. brain. Yeah, it's an addiction thing. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. We're almost about to come to an end of this interview. So I'm going to try to throw in some rapid fire things on you. You can take your time, but yeah, I yeah. wanted to understand more of how do you deal with certain emotion states? Um, let's let's start with fear. Do you get scared at times? Yeah, I have anxiety, man. Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> how do you deal? What's, what's your hack to deal with it? I realize uh, first of all that anxiety and uh, and all kind of these these kind of feelings. I'm always driven again by the things that I don't understand and fear. Mm -hmm. So I go and try them. You know, I yeah. go for them, understanding that it might not necessarily. You know, I I, I fully I fully accept it. Like for example, I I feared flying, mm -hmm. so I went to take flying lessons. Mm -hmm. Do I not fear flying? I still fear flying, mm -hmm. but much less. Yeah, I used to fear a lot of things, and I go and do it. Yeah, understanding that it does not necessarily take it away from me, but also understanding that you know it, it puts stress on you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have to balance it. Mm -hmm. uh, get more accustomed to that uh, risk. Uh, balance it with you know not overly stressing your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, th so this is how I deal with it. Mm -hmm. If I fear something, I go and try and deal with it, do it, try it, come closer to it, understanding that you know I might not fully be de-risked and understanding that it will put pressure on me mm -hmm. and I need to comprehend that pressure and stress so that it doesn't negatively affect me in the long term. Yeah, mm -hmm. and with that, I take you know realize that most of these introduce hormones in your body, mm -hmm. like you know adrenaline, like yeah. cortisol, and all mm -hmm. of these things. So you have to you know, gauge yourself. You know how predominant are these chemicals playing with your brain and your body, mm -hmm. and and make sure that you, you don't cross the board with these. Mm -hmm. You live within your brain chemicals. Mm -hmm. Your life is the chemicals interactions within your brain at any point in time. Mm -hmm. That is, thank you for sharing that because this is one thing that is very hard for people to understand. But you know, you did a fantastic job of explaining it. It's it's all about these different chemicals that are secreted by different triggers, and that's doing that for a year, two years, five years, ten years, twenty-five years, thirty-one years is just the recycling of those same things again and again that makes you act in a certain way, be the habit that you have or react in a certain way. So thank you for sharing that. And what I do is I, I have a different term for it. I call it the death cookie. So what I believe is like in every moment, you will be given a choice, right? Like I mentioned before, you know, step back into safety, forward into growth. But at that moment, within a micro moment, you can have these micro moments of courage where you don't look at, you know, going and let's say you were scared of skydiving. You don't go think of like going and skydiving at the same time. but in every moment, you can take one small step, like what one important small step right now, whether it's going to like a heighted building and looking out from a glass thing, or, you know, just where and you do that, you to take that micro moment of courage, you it's like it accumulate. It's, yes. And it's like a cookie. It's like a dead cookie. That cookie loses that fear of like, oh, I'm, this is going to kill my yeah. life. That subsides. So you take these small, small cookies at a time, and eventually the power of the bigger thing 
that goes away from you. Yeah. So I look at it this way. Okay, you know, I like to simplify my battles, and I like to tell people like, okay, what's that one uh, thing that I can uh, do right now? Uh, but what I can to add to what you have yeah. said, you know, beside the, you know, dealing with your fears, I always say um, you need to understand why are you doing it. Mm -hmm. If you are doing it because it helps you have a, a better understanding of yourself mm -hmm. and helps you um, uh, get more from life experiences and that gives you some level of peace or excitement, mm -hmm. then yes. Okay. What I don't enjoy personally mm -hmm. is doing it for the wrong purposes, like competing with others, mm -hmm. like to portray myself as being a more superior individual than others. Mm -hmm. uh, I might say something that now that you know, a lot of people will not uh, enjoy. Go for it. In the bigger scheme of things, as part of the universe that we live in, mm -hmm. which is estimated at around 90 billion light years wide, mm -hmm. that is expanding faster than the speed of light, yeah. we are nothing. We are not important. And anything that we do will most probably not be very important in the bigger scheme of things. Have peace with that mm -hmm. and try to, and, and, and there's a good genetical structure within us, mm -hmm. is that we feel good doing good to others yeah. and ourselves. That's genetical, by the way, because it produces the right hormones in your brain. Wouldn't that be enough to live a nice life? Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely would, would that give it. you the peace to do the right thing rather than doing things for the wrong reasons because mm -hmm. somewhere or the other to, you're to think that you are better than others uh, to yeah. think that you are important to think that you know you matter and others don't matter mm -hmm. you know what forget nobody matters <laughs> okay and now, now now think about how can i add value <laughs> because it triggers the right hormones in your brain you understand me? How can I add value to my society? Yeah. How can I add value to... And, and not think that I'm more superior than anyone else. And, and at the same time, don't think that others are more superior than you. Because, they, you know, why do their opportunities and limitations should dictate what you are? Mm -hmm. Yeah? You live within your own opportunities and limitations. As long as you have the right heart, and doing good to your society, serve, mm -hmm. uh, add to humanity, because it's, it's, it feels good to do that. Mm -hmm. And if it feels good to do that, genetically speaking, it is as a result of decades of genetical testing by, mm -hmm. na by nature, yeah? Yeah. So, and, and people that did good, societies that did good to each other, survived better. Mm -hmm. So do it. Uh, that's that's a fantastic point and thank you for saying that two things that i really want to touch up in in uh, following up with that is you know when most of young people like they're or they might be driven by or the society tells them to be driven by money fame um superiority how you could you know in in a way like kick someone's ass and be on top this is this is the measurement thing but like what Dr. Adil is saying, and he's got so much of experience, is that 
all of those things, guys, in the grand scheme of things, do not matter. And it's surprisingly, it's like most of the people that I speak to and I ask them this, that would you be ever driven by like fame or things like that? They were like, yes, in my younger years. But as I grow older, I realize yes, that yes. none of these really matter. Yes. But but not to say it in a negative way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's you know, yes, every speck of energy in the universe is part of the universe. Yeah. Any movement in that sphere of energy, mm -hmm. like us, we are spheres of energy. Anything we do trickles in the universe. I understand. Mm -hmm. I fully understand that. Yeah. I'm not saying that, uh, that you know, as humans, we are not important. What I'm saying is that in the bigger scheme of things, and once you understand you, your your position in the universe, mm -hmm. you might focus your energy towards you know, more more things that will make you feel more peaceful and adds value to mm -hmm. to others. Yeah, that's what I want to drive towards because then it makes it way clearer in your mind, vis-a-vis mm -hmm. -vis feeling you know negative and resistive and and uh, competitive and uh, you know all of these things might you might do mm -hmm. but then what is your state of mind when you do it mm -hmm. are you in a negative state of mind or are you in a positive state of mind are you in the negative mm -hmm. state of mind thinking you are running out of time you are not getting what you need you are running after your happiness or are you saying uh, like time is important but it's not the uh, it's not where my life is, is yeah. tingled with, uh, you know, being successful and doing, mm -hmm. you know, the things that will add to my income and make my kids happier and get that nice home. It's just, uh, these are important things, but should I wait on my happiness or state of peaceful peacefulness? Till I, should I wait on feeling peaceful mm -hmm. till that happens? Or can I try and have many peace, peacefulnesses within the, in, within the day? Yeah. So what, what is your state of mind? Is it negative, 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 trying to find a positive? Or is it positive, semi-positive, positive, positive? And, and you are you know, handling life matters as you go. Mm -hmm. One, you know, you were talking about the position in the universe. And what I like to normally tell people is that think of two big variables, space and time. Now, when we look at the space component, most of the times, like human beings, we have gone to the, the moon with the Apollo mission, right? And you look at the moon, it's really far. But if you had the chance to go to the moon and you look at the Earth, yeah, sure, it looks very beautiful. It looks very nice. But there is a very big chance that you will not be able to see your country, your city, and let alone just you from, so from space, you don't look at yourself that way. And then you look at the sun, which is 93,000 miles further. Now, when you look at the sun, and if you had, let's imagine you had a giant, giant hand, super giant hand, and yeah. you can take the earth and you can throw it to the sun like a basketball. It would take 1.3 million earths to fill up the sun. So now sun becomes our next big thing, yeah. right? We are nothing. I mean, to give you another perspective, I just told you that the universe is, Ever around, is around 90 billion light mm -hmm. years wide and expanding faster than the speed of light. Us as humans, the furthest we went to is 1.3 second, light mm. seconds away. Wow. 1.3 light seconds away. Yeah, we're not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, say, I'm, I'm not saying that. But I think once you put this in perspective, yeah, and then you think about life and how you would like to 
to spend your energy, yeah. then it might actually help you. Mm -hmm. And like setting your priorities uh, a bit differently. Yeah. And as long as it tries to uh, arrive to, you know, adding your peacefulness, then great. Now, why is peace uh, is important to me? Because I'm trying to find, you know, I'm trying to live it as much as possible. Not that I have like a Zen guy, yes. like sitting yeah. there, a guru. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm trying to strive towards it. And 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 I'm, I'm, I keep reminding myself, you know, I, I need to get into that state as much as I can. But yeah, I mean, like everyone else, we, we live our days with all the struggles there is. And to, to re-engineer yourself, this is just tough. It's not easy. Thank you so much, Dr. Adil. I have had a fantastic time on this interview. I got to learn a lot. I have to listen to this again and write my own notes. But before we end this interview, my last question to you is, if you had a time machine, let's yeah. say you could go back in time and you could rewind one, or you could go back to your younger self rather, and you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Um, uh, do more research yourself to find answers mm -hmm. rather than depend on what people say. Okay, so do more research. So when I'm asked who's my role model, mm -hmm. I say science mm -hmm. and research. That's my role model. I think that is that could give you better understanding of yourself way earlier on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, research now is much easier than our days. Yeah. Was, yeah. Internet was found in '96. Uh, I was in college by then. Yeah, those big computers. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Before, so research was a bit more difficult. But yeah, I would I would have loved to do more readings earlier on in my life. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, looking at myself now, I tried so many things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I wouldn't have changed that. I wouldn't. Because I think I tried and I continue to try things. And I think good that I found that experimenting mm -hmm. is my thing. Got it. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Adil. And for everyone who's listening, this was a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed this. Let us know when it releases. How did you enjoy it? And thank you so much, Dr. Adil, for thank all you. the good things it. that you've been doing, for all the information that you've been sharing, for all the initiatives. You know, we went over time, but there's so many initiatives that I would love to talk to you about, about your gym, about the school, so many different things. But I think it's a conversation for some other day. Yeah, sure. But um, yes, everyone, this is CJ, your host, signing off from the Shift with CJ podcast. Everyone have a good day, a good week, a good lifetime ahead of you. Take care, everyone. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.